Yeah, this is Louisa Wilcox with Grizzly Times, and I'm delighted to speak today with my dear friend and fellow champion of the bear, Gabby Powell, who's a Romanian environmental and animal welfare activist with decades of experience in Europe, Africa, and Australia. Gabby has a degree in ecology and served as an organizer for Greenpeace before founding the Romanian environmental group, Agent Green, that works to protect Romania's and Europe's natural wonders, including brown bears, which is the same species as our grizzly bear. Romania, of course, shares a border with Ukraine and has opened its arms to refugees fleeing Putin's terrible war. This border region is defined by the Carpathian Mountains that are home to bears, wolves, lynx, wildcat, and much more. These mountains are the wild heart of Europe, with more virgin forests than the rest of Europe altogether. Gabby calls these primeval forests the lifeblood of this world-class this landscape is the focus of Gabby's most recent inspired vision to create, when this war is over, a peace park on the border between Ukraine and Romania to not only protect habitat for wildlife and maintain the region's unique cultures and fascinating traditions, but also to symbolize hope for the future. But before we get to that, a little more on Gabby, and of course bears. Can't avoid bears since we're grizzly times. <laughs> Gabby's enjoyed enormous successes in his career, stopping the spread of genetically modified crops in Romania, exposing illegal logging in the country's forests, for which he's been al almost murdered several times, and investigating and exposing the cruelty of the live animal export industry. In 2016, Gabby won the prestigious European Environmental Award, Euronatur, which was also awarded to Nelson Mandela and Mikhail Gorbachev. Given the richness of the Carpathian Mountains, it's no surprise that the range is home to the largest population of brown bears in Europe, maybe 7,000 bears. And this compares to a total of just 2,000 or so grizzlies in the contiguous United States. Notably, you, Romania and Ukraine's bears have lived cheek by jowl with humans for thousands of years, with a human population as dense as what you find in Appalachia. A fact that should put to shame those anybody in the Northern Rockies who claim that we have an intolerable number of grizzly bears. During recent months, Gabby and his Agent Green team have been transporting, housing, and providing for mothers and children fleeing Ukraine. But Gabby's also been thinking about the environmental side of which is what he wants to talk to us about today. So welcome, Gabby. It's so good to see you. Same here, Louisa. I, I, I want to thank you so much for this very warm welcoming and, and very uh, detailed introduction. And really thank you for having me here uh, for, for your audience here, which I'm very happy uh, I, I can address to. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for taking the time. I know you're really up to your eyeballs with everything. So let's just start with how are you and your team holding up in the shadow of this war? And, and what's it like to be near ground zero, caring for families fleeing Ukraine? Well, I, I still remember um, how the news struck 
uh, us all on 24th of February. It's been now two months and uh, that memory is very vivid in, in uh, uh, my team's uh, minds and hearts. Um, we suddenly felt uh, unsafe. Uh, we felt that we were entering a period of uncertainty and we, we felt the, the blow of that war uh, being just over the fence, Ukrainian being our direct neighbor, uh, north and northeast uh, of Romania. And um, my, my team started to feel that uh, they would like to do something to help. Uh, normally we're an environmental organization, so we uh, would normally do just nature work. But since it was the personal will of uh, my team members to help, uh, I encouraged that pretty much. And first of all, we went to the borders where the refugees were crossing. Uh, there are two main points where they are coming from, from Ukraine uh, and to make an assessment of where could we actually help. And we decided that it would be this, uh, uh, this niche of, uh, of uh, women and their children who would need uh, transportation, a warm meal, a hug, uh, and uh, a new home, or at least transit Romania to further destinations. And we have been doing that for a while. And then there were others doing it very well. So <clears throat> we stepped in and then we stepped out because then the authorities have been waking up. It was funny again that the NGOs were more organized than the state itself. And <laughs> uh, in the no beginning surprise. it was, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it was mostly NGOs helping, uh, organizing everything and now things are running smooth. There is permanent presences at the border. I've been there myself as well. Uh, um, in the second phase, uh, working with also with animal rights organizations to try to save not just people, but animals. Uh, so uh, we've been working with, uh, with uh, animals in, in, let's say, most urgent need. Unfortunately, there is plenty of wild animals being held in not in just in zoos but in in private ownership uh, and imagine what happens when people leave and the animals are being abandoned so uh, we've been pioneering a little bit to do extraction of uh, of a lion from zaporozhian uh, which is ah. the location where it is this biggest nuclear power plant in europe that was under siege for a yeah. while We've mm -hmm. been able to take out. Uh, it was a wonderful joint work of various groups and individuals with no uh, equip, not not proper equipment or experience in doing such things. Mm -hmm. And the mission was successful. A lion named Simba, and the uh, 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 female wolf uh, called Akiva. We brought them safely into quarantine in Romania. And from there, uh, the lion will uh, finally go end of May or so in South Africa, uh, in oh. a place where there is no can hunting. You can be assured that, that Simba will live the rest of his life with his paws touching green grass and enjoying sunshine. And the wolf will stay in Romania because there is a place in central Romania uh, called Liberty uh sanctuary and it's basically a fenced natural habitat where the wolf would be uh living the rest of her life uh in, in freedom and right now um 
I'm working on a larger operation uh, in Odessa, uh, which is expected to be uh, uh, attacked by the Russians very, very soon, any moment. 10 more lions must be extracted from there. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And that's um, really, really difficult. And my heart beats with, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I coordinate things pretty much, but my heart beats with those having the courage to be there. I was for a few days in Ukraine and I have seen the things with my very own eyes. Uh, and it was more than enough for me. My feelings are not yet settled with uh, what I have been seeing and experiencing. Oh. Uh, and I think it might take a while until this would be settled somehow. somehow. And anyway, altogether, it was a big shock to jump from pandemic to war. Uh, I think it, it's, it gives me mixed feelings and I imagine it might be the same for every inhabitant of our planet to go from pandemic to war, which is affecting us all. I mean, this war happens on Ukrainian soil, but the whole world is involved and affected. Absolutely. We can see it at the gas station. We can see it in the supermarket, in the price of the food, which is raising. We can feel it in our bones entering this period of uncertainty and insecurity and we have no idea how long this will last so we've been frozen as a team for a couple of days and then we decided to help and then we decided that the best thing we can do is uh bring normality in this uh, world of chaos and keep doing our work so we're back at work continue our uh, uh advocacy at all levels uh we're protesting, we're lobbying, we're at, uh, in Romania, we're having trials against perpetrators of nature, and we are escalating to European Commission, which is a sort of a government of Europe, when Romania is, uh, uh, is uh, misbehaving and breaking nature laws of Europe. Uh, we are doing all that. Uh, and um, yeah, well, thank so- Thank you, my friend. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, my friend, for, for saving these animals, for getting involved and for not, for not looking away. And I think if anybody had any doubt about the interconnectedness of us all, both the pandemic and this war have, have shattered that notion. I mean, we, you know, whether you live in Montana or Austria or the far reaches of Africa, you know, we, we are all connected in a very profound way. And I think, you know, if we can't learn that lesson now, we will never get through this. Um, yeah. But Gabby, you know, to your vision, I was so excited when, when I read about your, this inspired idea of, of a peace park. So maybe we can share, you can share with us a little bit about what, what inspired you and what do you hope to accomplish with this? Um, actually, I was in, in Southern Spain uh, when the idea came. So far away from the war, far away from Romania and Ukraine. It's actually where the start of the war got me. I was investigating live export. You mentioned in the introduction, I'm working yeah. on that as well. I'm, I mean, live export of farmed animals, cattle and sheep. It's a incredible, horrible industry which operates at global level, basically transporting live animals onto floating ships um, from south america to middle east or north africa from europe to those destinations or from australia uh, to those destinations it's absolutely 
uh, unnecessary cruelty. And I was um, uh, with um, a Spanish and a French TV crew in Cartagena, southern Spain, filming loading of these uh, animals, uh, French and Spanish animals onto vessels for destinations in, in North Africa and Middle East. Um, and at some point, um, we finished the work and uh, uh, I was uh, before resting uh, and going back to my, my homeland, Romania and to Ukraine to, to start helping people and animals. And before uh, falling asleep, a, a vision in the form of a dream uh, came. So, and it was simply this uh, idea and the vision of a new national park. Uh, so it came from nowhere some, somehow. I was just awakened from that dream before falling into the deep sleep with this idea. Uh, because I mean, I was buried in sadness and and and, and depression. I I'm a nonviolent person. I don't like guns. I don't like spies. I don't like spending money on armies and on these warships. I think we can spend those money for better things. Uh, but the world is as it is. And in all this sadness, this opportunity came in my mind. And I thought at, at least we can do that. So. Uh, I had enough time uh, while uh, traveling to Romania to make the necessary phone calls to create the premises for this uh, national park. Um, uh, uh, it came to my ears before that such parks exist or, or are on their way to exist some, in some places in the world. For example, uh, I knew that uh, USA and Canada have two uh, peace parks, which is wonderful. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a form of consolidation of the relationships between two neighboring countries and it's a wonderful positive thing to do and you know Romania and Ukraine we were just neighbors nothing else before that war but this war created the premises for uh, more than that uh, a friendship has been born uh, uh, we, we had the chance to see Ukrainians and the Ukrainians had a chance to see the kindness of the Romanian people, which mobilized in a uh, way which I have never seen before, welcoming mm -hmm. families and people who have never, we never seen before into our homes for undetermined time uh, and, and offered them shelter and food and comfort. So a, a great friendship has been born. And I think that, uh, uh, spreading kindness it's the key and why not doing that and apply that also for the nature that unites the two countries um, we have let's say in in northwest of romania uh, forests have been heavily damaged by illegal logging on the romanian side but uh, more to the northeast of romania the forest remains um, in a very good state of conservation the local people took better care of those forests at both ends in Ukraine and in Romania. So I have been using that this travel time from Romania, uh, from Spain to Romania to, uh, uh, to call uh, a couple of good scientists uh, from universities in Romania who are uh, actually um, at the border with Ukraine, University of Suchava, 
So Chava is a county uh, and capital city is also Chava, Northeast Romania, bordering with Ukraine, having a crossing point and wonderful nature. There's a wonderful valley uh, called also Suchava, uh, and the springs of Suchava and the valley of Suchava surrounded by wonderful mountains, undeveloped communities, no infrastructure for tourism, no source of income, uh, but somehow they managed to live in harmony with nature at both sides in Romania and Ukraine without hurting nature too much. And it's funny, Ukrainian and Romanian language have nothing in common. Ukraine would be a Slavic language, uh, Romanian would be a Latin language, but believe it or not, if a Ukrainian and a Romanian from that area are meeting in the forest, they would be able to understand each other because there is a certain dialect in the area for both sides, which would make them understand each other. They've been coexisting for centuries and that's wow. really wonderful. So we share nature, we share culture in this very local area. And uh, the, uh, uh, the teacher of geography from the University of Suchava was more than excited about this project. We, wow. His nickname is Hans. Uh, so together with Hans, so we, uh, we went uh, when the snow was not melted yet in those forests. We've been doing the first scientific assessment of the forest stands in that area. And it's absolutely magical. It's really mixed forest, softwoods, hardwoods, uh, very nice rivers, plenty of moisture, not really affected by climate change yet. Uh, and that's wonderful. So the first step in science was has been made. Uh, uh, in the second stage, I've been contacting the uh, county uh, council president of Suchava County. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, we've been knowing each other since 15 years when he was Minister mm -hmm. of Agriculture and Forest with the GMO campaign. You mentioned oh, wow. my, yeah, my, yeah. my campaign against genetically yeah. modified organisms. So he remembered me yeah. <laughs> uh, because of that campaign. He said, oh, Gabby, here, <laughs> here you are again. What do you want this time? Are you coming in peace? Yeah. And say, of course I come in peace. There is plenty of war around. We have to make peace. We have to make peace national park. And uh, uh, I, I felt his, his, his heart was singing uh, and, and that was wonderful. So uh, he likes the idea, he likes the idea. And when you have scientific support and local political support, uh, then the next step is that the university will contact their counterparts in, in, in Ukraine. Uh, um, there is a the first city in uh, on the other side has an university. Uh, the city is called Chernowitz, uh, and uh, there is a very good nature cathedral in that university. And the two universities will work together with us to make the necessary uh, scientific study for fundamentation of the of the national park. And while this president of the county council in, in Romania will contact his counterpart on the other side uh, to make it possible. It's of course, politically uh, extremely sensitive. Uh, right. We would have to care of the, all those historical sensitivities. They, that they do not freak out that this is a bad intention from the Romanian side, you know, that area uh, uh, used to be uh, Romanian land before the second world war. So. We don't want to give them that impression that right. uh, we want our country back. No, it's not about that. 
Ukraine is Ukraine, it's a sovereign state. Romania is a sovereign state as well. Borders have been designated at the end of the Second World War. Ukraine has been born a, a bit later, uh, where the fall of the communism. And we just want to consolidate this friendship. So, um, but we have to handle it with very, very much care. So the premises have been created. There is scientific basis, there is political will. Uh, we just need to make those steps as fast as possible. I believe uh, that for uh, best recognition, the presidents of the two countries should should speak about it and agree on it. And if President Zelensky and President Klaus Johannes in Romania would, uh, will uh, uh, shake hands on that when they will have time and, and some air to breathe in these yeah. crazy times, um, I think we can we can move on with, with full speed. Wow. It seems like you've really set the groundwork for this. I mean, and, and got a lot of momentum going even in this you know incredibly tough time. So. Congratulations. That's, that's Thank you. You got to be a doer. I mean, when yeah. you have a vision, a vision is nothing without action. So, yes. uh, and action needs to be taken uh, either at the right time, uh, if there is a reason to wait, or mm -hmm. start immediately, like it was the case now. I got a vision. I had a good sleep. I traveled to Romania. I make the necessary calls, the necessary meetings and trips, and things are moving. So I think we we need to press gas right now. Press gas, that's great. <laughs> so Gabby, you also um, had the idea of establishing a peace route, uh, a, one that it sounds like would be the longest in the world that would cross the whole Carpathian chain from the Czech Republic to Serbia, crossing Poland, of course, Slovakia, Ukraine, and Romania. And, you know, as you say, this, the whole, the path would transcend political boundaries. So, Gabby, why a peace route also? And and what would it be like to traverse it? Uh, I believe uh, a peace route, uh, it, it's not, it's, it's necessary. It's necessary. Eastern Europe has been, poof, it's been the source of all world wars so far. And it was always the battlefield for world big powers. And um, coming together in a positive project like that, I think it would be a strong signal that Eastern Europe is united and not divided and not the source of war. Um, and it's the Carpathian Mountains as a chain that have been historically a border between East and West. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and why not making that the things that unites the East and the West? I thought in my <laughs> perhaps narrow mind, <laughs> but very open to new things. And um, this could be a more or more like a medium long-term project. Mm -hmm. but far from impossible. As we speak, um, a, a German citizen heard about this. I don't know how, but he's been contacting me and he started to walk it already. Wow. Wow. And he offers to, to, to 
show uh, us at the end where this could go geographically as a route because it doesn't exist yet. Right. And he's, he's making it happen. He started a month ago already and wow. he plans to finish it by the end of July. He just called wow. me yesterday that he entered Romania <laughs> from the north. <laughs> oh, so wow. he's been, yeah, he's very fast guy, very fast guy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, um, so it, it's nice that an individual is walking Peace Trail already. It's, it's, it's a bit awkward, but very heartwarming. It, it, it makes me want to be there, mm -hmm. but I have to be busy here making it happen. Um, right. And since the Carpathians are quite a long chain of mountains being right. born at the same time with the Alps, with the Himalayas, with the chain of mountains in Western uh, North America and mm -hmm. Southern America. Um, yeah, it's, it's a couple of thousands of kilometers crossing many countries, some of them being part of European Union, some of them mm -hmm. not. Uh, some of them uh, supporting a side of the war, some of them the other side of the war, ongoing war. So that's why I believe it's going to take a while. Yeah. Uh, it would start in, in Czech Republic. It would cross uh, U Ukraine, Poland, Slovakia, Romania, mm -hmm. and in the end uh, reaching the Danube and crossing on the other side of the Danube River in Serbia. So quite a long, uh, challenging, not, not only for us who will walk that train, but also for those people uh, in charge of these countries with all the sensitivities around it. But I believe in this trail and it makes so much more sense. And I believe that once peace will be restored and world water would be settle for all of us to live in peace forever after this war uh, there will be plenty of people around the world uh, who would be willing to walk this trail uh, it's wonderful it's going from uh, a very harsh climate in the north uh, to a very mild sub-mediterranean climate in the south so from the climatic wow. point of view it's 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 very very dramatic also from the landscape point of view also because of the uh, forests and the rich biodiversity it's going to be very challenging you would have the chance to meet all kinds of species from the brumber uh, our common species i mean grizzly is the same species like the brumber we have here they're just different subspecies they just mm -hmm. said goodbye uh when the ice uniting uh, Asia, Eurasia and North America said goodbye, when the ice melted, they just went different ways and had a little bit of different evolution, but are the same species. So uh, people who would come on this trail would be able to meet them into the wild. Uh, I meet them regularly and I would say, don't be afraid of them. Uh, they are more afraid of you <laughs> than you are afraid of them. Uh, it's so simple when I meet them, by the way, I've been recently in a very awkward, risky situation. A mother uh, bear with her three cubs were being chased by a, by a male bear uh -huh. looking for a mate. Right. <laughs> it's mating right. season. 
and the mother was not ready to let the babies go because only one years old and the oh, babies okay. the cop should young. stay yeah. two three years with her mom right. yeah to learn all the things they need to know uh, before uh, making their own life and uh, the wind was blowing from the wrong direction from her uh-huh. to me not Uh-oh. from me to her so she uh-huh. couldn't smell me right. and she was rapidly coming towards me <laughs> and they said okay and i saw the big big really big man chasing her and all i had to do is to clap my hands make right. an unnatural sound yeah. in, uh, uh, for the while she has not hesitated to change direction and the cops following her and the big male uh, continue yeah. after her so if it's really um uh, a wild bear which is not used with human presence uh, mm-hmm. they w- they would avoid any confrontation and yeah, coming near absolutely. near a person that's that's mm-hmm. a normal behavior mm-hmm. um, yeah anyway so you would be able to meet brown bears not so many in ukraine because ukraine is known to only have uh, like two 200 brown bears right Delhi, there was plenty yeah. of uh, hunting uh, Romania is thought to have around 7,000, like you mentioned before, but the precise number is not really uh, right. uh, known because a, a proper scientific study, including DNA samples, has not been done yet. But yeah, that's with the, with the Peace, Na- uh, Peace National Park and the Peace Trail. There's these two right. projects very close to my heart, and I will not have proper rest until they're done. Mm. Yes. Well, you're, you above all are the most tenacious person I know. I, I, I see this vision happening with, with, your, with your heart and soul in it. So, um, well, your story about the bear, so it's a nice segue into um, your work on brown bears and wolves and wildlife in Europe. And uh, when you were here in the U.S. a few years ago, we spent many nights talking about coexistence and how we can live in harmony with bears. And maybe you can give us a brief update more broadly than than you have yet uh, about how your work is coming along. Oh, Luisa, I've I've learned so much when I visited you and Yellowstone and the surroundings uh, and the communities um, um, uh, learning to coexist and to co-adapt with the grizzlies. And things were going well for for an year. I think I've been visiting you September 2018. Yep. And, and believe it or not, in one year after that, we got a governmental uh, uh, decision, uh, which was a sort of a national plan for action mm-hmm. to ensure coexistence and co-adaptation of humans and brombers. And we were so happy because that plan was so comprehensive, uh, including education of communities, uh, protection of communities with with, uh, non-lethal measures, including those basic electric fences to protect households. Imagine in Romania, uh, Bromberg Habitat, is neighboring directly with human settlements. Right. Well, and there are villagers who do have farm animals, chickens, pigs, cattle, sheep. Right. And it's, it's, it's literally an invitation from the browser right. to come yeah. for easy food like in a supermarket. 
Right. There is nothing stopping them. Therefore, we have so many conflicts. And with this uh, national plan, uh, uh, this was supposed to come to an end. But also education of people living in the cities who are uh, going, tracking so much into the wild and have no ideas how to interact with the bear. And we right. have so many, so, so many dramas in both villages and in the right. habitat. Plus this uh, so terrible... Similar. Yeah, and, and there's this uh, awkward trade with people uh, going to where the bears are, uh, where the mother bears are making their cups and, and entering the nest to steal the cups for traffic for whatever reasons. Nobody oh. knows, but it's a common practice. And oh. plenty of people who have been, uh, who lost their lives in their attempt to take the cups away for whatever reasons, I really oh. don't know. What's with that traffic? I, we we were not able to investigate what they are doing. Yeah. This, but it happened, and oh, but sadly, this plan is just on paper, and nothing happened. And then the minister changed, and okay. since two years, we have the worst minister Romania ever had. He's hand oh. in hand with the hunters, and he turned the ministry from the ministry who were supposed to ensure uh, coexistence and co-adaptation and mm -hmm. mitigate those conflicts mm -hmm. into a ministry which is instigating uh, for persecution of the species um, and doing nothing from that plan. Right. And we are in a situation with which we never had in the history. Um, and that's really, really bad. I mean, like Bear was not having enough challenges with, with climate change. Um, yeah. By the way, climate change is affecting uh, Romania very, very hard. Uh -huh. uh, for the very, winter is no longer winter. Uh, right. I mean, uh, we used yeah. to have snow, it's same like, same, same like Yellowstone area. Yeah. We yeah. used to have snow from October to April. Right. Now it's barely coming. It's not right. permanent during the winter. Mm -hmm. It's mostly coming at the end of the winter, like now. Uh -huh. uh, and you can imagine what it means for the cycle of, of the life of the bear. Yeah. The, there was never about hibernation, but it was a very long winter sleep. Right. Uh, you can see bears looking for food in January. Oh, right. You can see bears waking up with their cubs roaming in March, but then the snow comes back. Right. In many cases, mothers don't survive. Right. The cubs are away. Uh, coming to human settlements. So they are right. one, two years old, looking for their place, looking for right. easy food. They get habituated. And in the end, what happens, they are being shot. Right. While the authorities are still not trained nor equipped uh, to chase away the birds from human settlements. Imagine or not, they're using that bubuzela uh, that they're using in, 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 in football stadiums to yeah. make noise, to chase them away. Oh, right. They do not have those non-lethal uh, guns with rubber bullets yeah. to chase them so away. They're just chasing the bears away with noise. 
it, it, it doesn't bother them. It's, right, they get used to Yeah, it. so we have the climate change issues. They're coming out, no food, winter is coming back, uh, then it's going away, no food, and they are basically forced to go towards human settlements to look for alternative kind of uh, oh. food. Uh, then uh, all the hunting association have started to uh, feed the birds in the previous years in the forest, habituating them basically. We are totally against feeding the birds because then right. that's the first step to habituate them. Yes. Get them used with, with humans. Uh, um, uh, the commission, the European Commission said that that would be legal, stop doing that. They have they've been right. doing that anyways. To It is like seduce and abandon the bears. Uh, when mm -hmm. they stop doing that in the forest, they are coming to the human settlements because they've been feeding them with maize. So they're looking for maize, which is highly nutritious, full yeah. uh, in fat, and then are now coming for their maize at the edge of the villages. Plus, uh, plus uh, destruction of the habitat. There's been so much uh, uh, illegal or uh, legal but unsustainable logging where the habitat has been fragmented and destroyed, and now human persecution. So these three challenges, climate change, habitat destruction, and human persecution, uh, it's putting the species in, in danger pretty much. And regardless if we have 3,000, 7,000, or 10,000 yes. rumbers, they're in danger. Yes. yes. They're in danger because of all these three combined threats right. together. A wicked, wicked combination. I mean, yes. And uh, oh my God. I mean, we, we've had such a political backlash here too in Montana, in the States against bears. I mean, it's. It's, it feels very similar to what you're facing. Yes, we made progress. And yes, many of the plans are simply on paper and they don't get implemented. You know, the commitment to resolving conflicts non-lethally. I mean, we're seeing these celebrity bears in Grand Teton Park, six of them last summer were, were killed. And yes, there were people feeding them. And yes, you know, all the same, same problems we share. So, you know, you just hope that there is a public out there that rises and and picks up the weight because you've you've carried a lot of the weight for so so long, and of course you're not done yet. You got a lot more, a lot more ahead of you. So, yeah, it's hard. The, I believe the fight is permanent, and as long yeah. as we fight, we have a chance. If yeah. people like us let go, then the chance is gone. It's wasted, yeah. and perhaps it will be easier. With I imagine now after experience all all those things like. It's, it's 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 a problem which unites USA and Romania. Actually, we have the yeah. very same problem. And uh, politics are politics, but I believe in the solution I have seen uh, in some parts of the uh, uh, US around the Yellowstone, where we have been yeah. visiting. Uh, when NGOs are working together with local communities yes. for in model projects for co-adaptation and coexistence, then it works. I have seen farmers, what was the name, Blackfoot or Black? Yeah, uh, Blackfoot Challenge in uh, yeah. Park. It's fabulous. We're, yeah, it works. It's exactly, it totally is effective. It totally I've works. seen it working. And mm -hmm. it's not only that it's working for uh, uh, people and birds to coexist, but mm -hmm. I, I, I have seen 
mountains united by valleys reopened for the bears to roam yes. free because yes. uh, uh, I think very few people would know that uh, the natural habitat of the brown bear, uh, the grizzly bear, it's not up in the mountains. No, no. <laughs> These are refugees. Mm -hmm. They are happy to live down in the plains, by the rivers, in the yeah. grasslands, uh, in the yeah. bushes. Uh, so what I have seen there in the Blackfoot Challenge, it's, it's really, really the way forward. I believe that that model should be replicated. Sometimes things uh, happen, but they are learning by doing. They, it, exactly. it's, it's working by being uh, both proactive and reactive. When something happens, it's not a big drama. They yeah. learn from that drama to create a solution and it works uh, whatever you have uh, fruit trees uh, plants uh, for feeding ourselves or farm animals mm -hmm. sheep cattle chickens they have found the solutions waste management right. roadkill everything has been handling uh, handled with care so i believe that politics should look at those projects and and replicate it um, Absolutely. And there, there are more projects like that coming online all the time. Right on the border of Yellowstone, there's a group of ranchers that are doing fabulous work. It's the exact same thing. You know, where their hearts are open to bears, they're figuring out where their problems are, they're dealing with it. It doesn't mean that all bears, you know, will live, but it's, a, it's peace, you know, along the lines of your, the premise of this conversation, it's peace. Uh, yeah. Something, peace. Peace and compassion and an open heart and to your sense, sensibility, action. You know, you, you, were, you were a man of action. So, um, yeah, all of those things. So, so, Gabby, one last question. I mean, these are such challenging times that we're living in. And uh, I'm curious as to what you're doing and maybe you and your team are doing uh, to take care of yourself you know, physically and emotionally in this time of, of war and COVID. Mm. Whew, uh, uh, first of all, when, when this started, um, while I was in Ukraine, I got hit by COVID and it's, I managed to stay away of it for two years. Yeah. And regardless if I was triple vaccinated, I got it. And I got it when I was uh, there in, in Ukraine and I had to interrupt my trip. And it's been a month since then. Uh, it's been very hard on me. I'm only like 20% recovered. It looks like it's going to be a very long recovery. Wow. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, wow. my advice, I mean, it, my, I, I, I see this, this virus is really unpredictable and can be very, very uh, violent to our bodies. Some people simply go through it without even noticing it. And some of us, regardless of our uh, lifestyle we may be hit very hard i'm sporty i'm eating organic i'm uh, eat plant-based i'm careful with my sleep i live a healthy life and still i was uh mm, hit hard but perhaps is one thing which was not all right in my life and that is the stress from the work right and that might be one yeah. factor which is very uh very bad and then what me and my doing my team are doing now we're trying to uh 
handle our stress better, uh, try to uh, avoid taking all the negative energy with, which comes not only from work, but of all the challenges that comes with our very confrontative work. And we are promoting positive communication both uh, in the outside world and in inside the organization. And we have been switching complete, uh, completely in our organization for heart-based leadership. Uh, a heart-based leadership is something uh, new for us. We're experimenting it, but it looks like it makes our heart sing. And, wow. and that's the most important thing that could happen uh, because everybody is working now with joy. We see uh, mm -hmm. all, the, all the effects we are having from industry, on, from, from government, mm -hmm. not as, as negative things, but as opportunities and challenges to make things uh, better. And, and yeah, somehow, this helps and heart-based leadership it doesn't mean that uh we are getting soft it means it means the uh opposite we are getting stronger because we admit our weaknesses we admit our vulnerability we are practicing to say i don't know don't pretend that we really know everything and it's about uh helping each other from equal to equal uh mm -hmm forget about hierarchies and really working together and uh, create a positive mood and positive energy in the team and this this uh, this is being seen by the world outside of course and that, that inspire others to to go in the same way so mm -hmm. that's how we are handling basically our health and emotions and 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 everything about what is happening in this in these times of very high uncertainty and risky situations of course there's a corner in our mind which which thinks what happens if this work escalates and and so on but we can't live in fear we can't live in fear if we stop doing what we're doing then we're like already dead and there is nothing that makes you feel more alive than um taking action for things that you believe in and we believe in kindness we believe in defending nature people and animals well gabby my heart is singing just talking to you i mean this is so inspiring you're you're in you're so close to the thick of everything and you've had such a tall mountain to climb and yet you're still climbing and you're fearless and, uh, and your heart is open it's so good to see you my friend I so hope you feel better. It's, it is a long recovery. I mean, I, I've got through COVID myself. It's a long recovery, but we're in this together. We're connected and uh, connected in so many things. The love of bears, the love of nature, the love of this place that we, you know, we get to take care of. We get to, to do what we can. So uh, thank you, Gabby. Uh, this is Louise Wilcox with Grizzly Times, and I'm so happy to be here today with my friend Gabby Pohn. Thank you. Thank you, Luisa, and thank you for everyone who had the patience to listen to us until the very end, and, and a big hug. Big hug. Bear hug. Bear hug. <laughs> Bye.